Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hyperelectric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. That was Jim. He's been a customer of Piper Electric for over a year now and loves it so much that he recommends his own clients to them. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have preferred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really, they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6765 or go to piperelectric.com. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole, a left by Cole this time. Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. He shoots and scars. Nathan McKinnon, Cole J.T. Comfer, 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog, collective hugs, 29 and 92. Save me by Grubauer. Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon, my goodness gracious. Welcome to the BSN Avalon Podcast, presented by The Green Solution. Visit any of their 17 Colorado locations or browse their entire inventory online at mygreensolution.com. Reserve products online and pick up at your local TGS Express checkout. You'll be in and out in minutes. Use code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase. Welcome. For me, this is a a wonderful return to a, a place I call home, the BSN Avalanche Podcast. I should mention I am Andre Simone, joined by Nathan Rudolph. How are you doing, Rudolph? Doing good, good. Glad to have a couple of different voices on the pod with me lately. Yeah, I'm glad we can do this, honestly. Um, that's pretty 
pretty cool that while AJ's gone, we can fill in and get some different voices, let you uh, continue to do your thing. And um, yeah, so I'm basically where we've got a, a fun little pod here. I've got some Avs questions and I'm, I presume that you have answers for me. And uh, I hope so. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> big test for you today. Big, big test. <laughs> uh, really, my biggest question, and I'll, I'll turn this to you because I'd like to know what your biggest questions are uh, going through the off season, and uh, you know, as we slowly, slowly but surely get get through August and uh, can start to see a light at the end of the tunnel and uh, the an NHL season somewhat coming, coming slowly but surely. My biggest question is uh, in net between the pipes where uh, we've got Groovy and then uh, a, a whole lot of question marks after that with uh, Varley no longer here. And um, I guess there's some, some excitement. As always, the unknown uh, seems to then directly correlate to, to perceived upside and we'll see whether that's true or not this year with a good old Pavel Francis. Am I pronouncing that right? Yes, that sounds just about no. correct. I'm not from Czech. <laughs> that's so right. I could be wrong. So. That's right. Don't don't quote Rudo on that is what I'm saying. Yeah, pronunciation is not my specialty. Okay. Absolutely not. That's okay. You, you, you've got the video down. You've got the audio editing, the podcasting. <laughs> we can't expect you to be fluent in Czech as well. Um, but I'm sure you've seen more of him in the AHL than I have. Um, and to me, that's really the, the biggest question mark there is, can Gruby stay consistent? Yeah. And can Francis fill in when Gruby's having a bout of inconsistency, which has, and correct me as, if I'm wrong, but that's that's kind of been his MO throughout his career, is he has these stretches where he's awesome, and then he has some stretches where he's less awesome. And I think this is the first time in his career, really, where he's being counted on to start, like, to really carry the load. I mean, for, so maybe I should start there. What, what would a successful season for Gruby look like as far as number of starts? You have to be looking at 50 plus at a minimum, honestly. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. I think the Avs would love to get 60 out of him just with the wild card. That is Francis. You just do not know what you're going to get out of him. Right. If Francis shows up and is an all-star, like he looked in the two NHL games, he got time. Yes. In, then that, yeah. that situation changes. Maybe you can move it down more towards that 50 number, but with Groob in that, you are correct, and he has been quite streaky throughout his career, but he's also never had an extended starter position before. These past couple of years, he has been a tandem goalie. He did get right. significant time in Washington. Obviously, last year, it was a tandem with Varley. But what happens when they don't really have another goalie to turn to if Francis is struggling? They don't have a third goalie they want to play. Yeah. And so... Groob's going to have to fight through it when he's struggling and find a way to play solidly. I don't think he needs to be an all-star. The abs will score plenty of goals this year, but 
he cannot be losing games every other night for the yeah, team. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I mean, that's <laughs> I hadn't even touched on that yet. But after those first two, then it gets really. Uh, it becomes a sticky situation, yeah. to say the least. I mean, I don't know. How do you feel about Adam Werner? How much? I'd actually, I don't mind Werner as the third goalie. I Look, if any team is playing their third goalie on the regular, they're in trouble. Fair. It's not right. going to be a good situation right. for Fair. them. And with Werner, it's at least an unknown. You're taking a shot in the dark with that. Yeah. Uh, again, a lot of this comes back to Francis. If Francis is a solid backup for you, you feel a little bit more comfortable with Werner as the third because you can just continue going forward from there. Right. Francis will hold down the load until Gruby's healthy if that's how it happens. Right. If Francis isn't working out, then unfortunately the abs have to probably look at doing something and giving up assets yeah. for a third goalie it does not feel good it's not something the abs want to do i imagine and right if they have to do it that's they're in trouble at that point i think and on francis it look the guy has killed the khl he's proven that he's beyond the ahl level this past season he's ready for the nhl mm-hmm. it's just you don't know what he's gonna be yet you have to see him in action Right, right. He's actually a year older than Grubauer and still quite an unknown despite a promising season in the AHL last year. And as you mentioned, those, you know, those two appearances with the Avs last year were extremely encouraging as well. I think he's tied for um he was tied for the league lead in safe percentage last year. I mean, among three other guys who like like him had very limited appearances in the NHL. So, I mean, super, super small sample size, but encouraging. Um, And so, like, what do you see when you've watched him with the Eagles and from what you can remember from his two appearances with the Avs last year for more casual fans out there who might not have a great memory or not be super duper film nerds like yourself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I actually really like his, his goalie style. He's very athletic. Right. He's a bit on the smaller side, but, yep. but moves laterally very, very well. Mm-hmm. One of my biggest criticisms of Grubauer last year was his lack of quick lateral movement and puck tracking. And I think Francis does those things very well. Yeah. Where I do wonder about him a little bit, as with many, many, many goalies, is is rebound control. Oh my god! He needed gosh. a lot of help with from the Eagles last yeah. year to clear out pucks in front of the net, and the Eagles weren't great at that. So a lot of the goals that got scored right. on him were because of that. But right. but if you try to shoot glove on him, I think he has a very, very good glove. Mm-hmm. Like that not an area that I'm too concerned about. It's with every single goalie in the world, it's about consistency, and yep. in the AHL, he could do it. In the NHL, we just don't know yet. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, from the limited stuff that I watched of his to prepare for this, the rebounding stood out like yeah. as a glaring question mark. Um, and now, granted, some of those not being able to hold on to the on the puck on the rebound led to some outstanding saves that really showcase that athleticism and lateral mobility that you highlight that gets you excited but at the same time it's like uh you didn't need to make that super duper highlight save had you just secured that rebound like in front of your face yeah um, 
So yeah, that's a that's a big one. Um, and I don't. I mean, how does one go about improving that? It's consistency I, for one. Right. You know, I <laughs> the goalies are my weakest position. Uh, if you ask me to coach a goalie, I sure. would fail miserably, right. no doubt about that. And but... you're not unique to that, by the way. I mean, I think that's mostly how like the scouting community feels in, <laughs> in the hockey world, right? It's like with with me coming from the NFL, it's kind of it's almost like special teamers, where it's like, eh, you know. Kick. Just do the thing. Right. Like, uh, <laughs> kick the ball, maybe, and aim for between the goalposts and not outside. That'd be my advice. Um, if you're not doing it well, just do it better. Right. It's fine. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, and then another thing. So, in the a in the AHL stuff I watched of his, um, the rebounding definitely stood out. When I watch him with the Czech national team. I did have some concerns with like his eye discipline and falling the puck and seeing the puck through traffic and stuff and kind of yeah. that, that like quick twitch, like seen through traffic and just always being keyed in where it seemed like he let in, like I've seen him make much tougher saves than some of the easier goals he let in with the, with the Czech national team. And it just felt like, I mean, some were on lucky tips, but some was like, Oh, you just didn't, you didn't quite see the puck there. You didn't seem quite as keyed in. And that's something I didn't notice when he was up with the abs, you know, where maybe adrenaline's flowing a little more and you're you're just the, the speed of the game gets amped up, so you're really just your your senses are heightened, right? Um, so I think that's encouraging. But that was another kind of deficiency I saw. And you know, that just comes with reps and consistency as well, I think. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a tough read. The two goals he did give up in the NHL, he was screened on both, mm-hmm. so that's a fair assessment. Uh, the really, really badly screened. I mean, there was no way he ever even saw the shot get off. Right. But the Czech national team, it's that's a tough situation in general yeah. uh, when you're watching that, especially they're either getting smoked by their opponents because they just don't yes. have as much skill yeah. or there's or the other way around they're much yep. more skilled and so he's either getting shelled and just trying to keep up or he's facing three shots a period and you know has to try to keep himself in the game so it's it's hard for me to take a ton out of anything at the national level yeah. from from a team like that because you rarely get even footing competition fair yeah, the Czech is kind of a unique, like, firmly in a second tier, where it's like they're yeah. much better than the third tier, much worse than the first tier. Um, exactly, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, it, the the talent's exciting. You do kind of wonder why it's taken this long before he's gotten a real shot, and it just seems. It, I mean, it feels like a real shot in the dark to to give him that second spot behind a guy like Grubauer who has his questions as well. And my, my greater question, we'll have some time to talk about this a little more in the second segment is, um, you know, the, the abs do give up a fair amount of, of, of shots. Um, I think they yeah. were 12th in the NHL last year. Um, and that's the best they've been in a while. Right, right. And a noticeable improvement on years past, for sure. And I mean, they are pretty young and like offensive minded on that blue line. So you do wonder, like, I mean, you kind of need someone fairly reliable and net to carry their own load. Um, and 
so yeah it's i mean would you agree this is like kind of the biggest question mark going into the offseason or coming out of the offseason oh yeah yeah absolutely i i think it's not even close right. i think maybe <laughs> there are some other teams in the central cough cough minnesota <laughs> that i think might just be oh, bad yes. this oh, year yes. but I don't think they have as many question marks as the Avs do. I, I think the Avs have some of the biggest question marks in the entire Central Division, including their goalie situation. Yeah. And in November, we could be saying this goalie tandem is solid. I don't think we'll be saying it's the best in the division totally. or anything yep. like that. But you, you could put it squarely in the middle or the upper right. half. Or we could be saying we have two goalies with sub-900 save percentages yep. and we are in big trouble. Yep. But... The Avs, either way, it, they will score their goals. And the thing with Francis and the way the Avs have played over the, the past few years is you need them to make the big save. Yep. They will give up breakaways. They will give mm-hmm. up odd man rushes. You don't have to save them all, but you pretty much are going to have to save one or two nearly every game to right. secure the win. Right. Steal a goal when you're when the the chance arises and we'll be okay. Yeah. yeah. Easier said than done. Um, yeah. And I mean, I have no doubt that Groovy will have that stretch where it's like, oh, he's on fire. He's right. unbelievable. Yeah. And hopefully that comes in the latter portion of the season as it did last year. Um, and not where, like in Washington, where he kind of declines once, you know, it, it, it things get tighter and it's winning time or the, the playoffs hit. Um, but yeah, what do you see any areas on which Groovy can improve to really uh, make us feel a little, a little better about him? I'm hoping that he will have a lot more control of the defense. I, I think we saw that at the end of last season as well, as the defense adjusted to Grubauer being in that, because we saw in the first half of the season, they were playing the way Varley wanted them to play, or at times they like were mid-transition between Varley and Grubauer, right. and neither goalie was happy with the way the defense was playing in front of them. <laughs> right. That leads to Gruby not seeing pucks. It leads to him struggling because he can't see pucks. Combined with his lack of lateral movement, he really, really needs to get clear looks. And if the defense is in sync with that, I think a lot of things start to go right for him. Right. Right. Mm, that's interesting. And I mean, hopefully without too many changes on that blue line that there's a, there's an easy way to to do that and kind of adjust more, especially with him getting more continuity in that um, rather than last year where, you know, they're switching back and forth. Like if Grubauer can truly play, start 50 plus games, then that should allow, you know, a little more familiarity there and maybe some more consistency all around. Yeah. Um, and then how do you feel? So I, I had my question marks and then I'm looking around the central and I, I, I got to admit, I feel a little better because, yeah, there are a lot of question marks ar- around this division as far as uh, goalies go. I think the Avs are firmly better than the Wild, who you've mentioned already. I would argue better than the Blackhawks. And then after that, the debates start. How would you the goalie situations in the central yeah you know i'm Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if i'd put them ahead of the blackhawks yeah robin leonard if he's the new robin leonard that everyone thinks he can be 
watch out. <laughs> if he's not, then well, we'll see. Uh, yeah, the wild situation. Yeah. Uh, I don't like yeah. a goalie tandem at all. It's a whole lot of blah to me. The Blues is yep. really hoping that Jordan Bennington is for real. If he's not, they're in big, big trouble there, and, and I wouldn't be too concerned. After that, things start getting yeah. better. Dallas with Ben Bishop, I think, is quite strong. Obviously, Pecorine is going to be good as, as long right. as he doesn't right. fall off the cliff of old age in Nashville. It's... Like I said, by midseason, I expect the Avs goaltending to be somewhere in the middle of the pack for the division. And if something went wrong, then right, right. it could be an yeah, issue. Yeah, that's that's where Grubauer seems to be ranked by most like fantasy services as kind of middle of the pack amongst starters in the NHL. You know, right around that 15 to 20 range. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair assessment of him. If he finds a little more consistency, maybe he bumps that up a bit, but he has to show it at this point. Absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, there's a lot to be encouraged and think that he can show it. It's uh, just a matter of doing it and getting it done. Right. Have you watched any Warner? I mean, that's the thing that really scares me is... <laughs> I have watched a little bit. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. hard to find, but occasionally I I can find a little bit. And I did get to see him at Dev Camp and things like that. He's the opposite of Francis in every way. He's just a giant of a man that takes up a bunch of the net. Doesn't seem to have the greatest lateral movements. He likes to play pretty aggressively, which makes sense with his big body, cut down the angles and just give nothing for the shooters to shoot at. Right, but it's I just no idea what to expect. Especially he's played like four games on North American ice in his entire career. You gotta see yeah. over there. Yeah, totally. It'll be. I mean, it'll be exciting to see what he can do with the Eagles. Um, then it's yeah. it's nice to have someone born in '97 instead of these '90 90 and '91 guys. Um, so someone to dream on and project a little more. That'll be fun. Uh, yeah. So. Anything else you want to add about the goalies here? Uh, not a whole lot. Just that we have a bunch of goalies that are basically in their prime. Goalies right. do play significantly older than than skaters do. They seem to last a bit longer. Right. It's if things work out, the Avs are set up in net for a long time. If they don't, it's gonna be a scramble. Yeah, yeah, I hear you on that. <laughs> And, uh, I mean, it's crazy how everything else seems set up so nicely. And then there's this big question mark that's uh, really going to play a big part in how this 2019-2020 season goes. So, uh, oof, I'm uh, holding on tight. Yeah. It's... Uh, cr cringing my teeth a little bit. But... It'll be interesting. We'll put it that way. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. But I think, I mean, after this conversation we've had, I certainly feel a little better about Francis and at least understanding what the thinking is with the Avs going into this season and, uh, you know, counting on him to, to take that next step and build off of that nice season in the AHL last year. Um, and, you know, I mean, the, the talent's there. Uh, we'll, we'll just have to see and and hope that between these two guys, uh, things can work out and hopefully everyone's pretty healthy. So, uh, good old Adam Werner just can 
work on his game with the Eagles and not have to uh, play in the can too much. Yeah, if, if Werner gets more than a handful of games in the can, even if yeah. he plays well, that's bad news. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That'll spell trouble for sure. Um, and before we take our first break here, I want to I want to talk about Breck Brew, the Breck Brewery, Breckenridge Brewery, as the kids call it, the official beer of BSN Denver. Um, Breckenridge is the original Colorado beer, established in 1990 in Breckenridge, Colorado. You've probably heard of their delicious vanilla porter, their oatmeal stout, and most people's favorite, the world-famous Avalanche, which is their classic amber ale. Um, but they just released a new beer called Strawberry Sky. I personally can't get enough of it. Um, you're going to love it. It's, uh, you know, for you beer enthusiasts out there, they're calling it a lighthearted Kolsch ale. But for those of you who have no idea what that means, it's that light, delicious summer beer that you've been looking for. So look for Strawberry Sky at your local liquor store or any other Breckenridge brewery. And make sure you also look out for Breckenridge event calendar on bsndenver.com. We just launched it here recently. You'll be able to see all the events we have planned. And we'll be drinking Breck beers at all of them. So RSVP and have a good time. I just bought myself their little sampler package they have. And uh, that is outstanding. I'm a big, big fan of that. Um, and I'm also a big fan of uh, Summer Sky. So my plans to try and lose weight this summer not going so well, but my palate's happy with uh, all these delicious Breckenridge breweries, uh, Breckenridge beers, rather. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back to talk about uh, the defense, which eh, maybe has not quite the same level of a question mark, but we've got some questions. Hopefully, Arudo will have answers once again for us. Uh, so stay tuned, BSN Avalanche Podcast. You know what's so great about our BSN family that we now have multiple subscribers that have partnered with us to help promote their business. Chad with Houselift has an incredible service for you. If you or your friends are thinking about selling your house, but it's not in tip-top condition, go to houselift.com. They will show you how to maximize your profit. If your house is in need of an upgrade, Houselift can assist in eliminating all the stress of the remodeling process while matching the current trends that buyers most desire. And get this, there are zero upfront costs from you, the homeowner. That's right, you won't pay for any of the upfront costs for the remodel until your house closes. Houselift will handle everything from the contractors to the design while managing these costs. It's what you need to do. Head to their website or Facebook page both at houseliftcolorado.com and check out the incredible remodels Houselift has done for homeowners here in the metro area. In past jobs, Houselift has put anywhere from 15 to 60K in their clients' pockets. Call 303-885-7888 today and find out what Houselift can do for you. Oh yeah, if you hire one of Houselift's preferred realtors, they will sell your home without charging a listing commission. All right, Rudo, we are back. Andre Simone, back home, BSN Avs podcast. Time to talk some uh, some defensemen here, talking talking blue lines. Um, 
exciting group we have here in Colorado. And yet a few question marks, because to start the year, there are some injuries that will change things. And uh, I mean, it's dying, man. I was I was in Italy, so I didn't get to pop on and talk any NHL draft. I was heartbroken about that. So so I'm just I'm just I'm I'm skipping everything and I'm going right to the topic that interests me most is do you Rudo think Bowen Byram is a uh, is the big boy starting next year? Do I think Bowen Byram gets NHL games? Yes. Do I think he sticks with the team? I don't. And it's just simply based on the numbers right now. The the Abs went out and picked up multiple multiple defensemen over the offseason. If Byram shows up and plays out of his mind, he could stick, but I I would say odds are heavily against him. Even if he's borderline ready, there's no need to rush him. He can spend one more year in the WHL, come back and be completely ready in the season following. Yeah, that seems like a fair assessment on Byram, and I guess you could probably say the same about other youngsters like Connor Timmons, who hopefully can just get healthy this year. Um, but instead of talking about all the young guys that I spend probably too much time obsessing about, <laughs> yeah, well, it's, uh, it's, it's a disease. I know we, we, we both share that and it's a definitely um, <laughs> can't, can't hey, stop. <laughs> hey, I, I think it's a wonderful thing despite, uh, despite what our significant others might say. Um, <laughs> how do you feel about these new additions that you hinted at in that, uh, in that answer about Byram there. Yeah. Uh, the one I'm most excited about is Callie Rosen. I think there's some potential there legitimately yeah. part of the, the big trade coming over with Caudry for yep. Tyson Berry and Alex Kerfoot. He's another guy that's kind of a wild card. He has eight NHL games experience, I right. think, but just completely destroyed the AHL last season is someone that has played both ends of the puck, puts up big offensive yeah. numbers, but also penalty killed for the Charlotte checkers last year. And it's something that versatility is going to make a big difference for a player like that. That's fighting for the fifth, sixth, maybe even the seventh defensive spot on the Avs roster. You need to be able to do whatever the team is going to ask of you. And, and I think he's someone capable of that. That's why I lean towards him. Also, his youth, I think, helps a bit as well. The Avs, they tend to lean a little bit more on the veterans. I think that's why they went out and got Kevin Connaughton. Yep. I expect he has the inside line to a spot on the roster. And and granted, this is all because Ian Cole is projected to be out until December. So there is an extra defensive spot right. open that people will be playing for Uh Connaughton, it's a bit of an interesting one to me. He does have about 300 games of experience, but he doesn't really PK. There's not going to be room for him on the power play. So I'm not exactly sure how he fits in. The Avs may just throw him on the PK anyway. Those are the two that I expect to have the jobs when training camp starts. When training camp ends, that could be very, very different, whether it's Mark Barbario trying to work his way back into the lineup or Ryan Graves continuing to try and earn a spot. Right. Yeah. Connaughton feels like a classic guy that Bedner will lean on the first couple weeks yeah. and then slowly gets lost. Um, I I share your feelings on Rosen. I mean, that production is eye-popping. Uh, very <laughs> and i mean the the tools are enticing right there too so uh 
it would be boy wouldn't that be great to just stick it to toronto and yeah. have rosen turn into like a a solid regular find a hit there in that trade yeah yeah no kidding if you didn't feel good enough about finding kadri anyway right. then you're really talking about a solid right move. absolutely yeah kadri and that del- that just awesome contract of his I-, I think that always gets forgotten but we we didn't just acquire yeah. kadri we acquired that outstanding contract of his um yeah how how are you what are you projecting the pairings to be coming into this season then i mean obviously it's early but we want to have some august fun yeah i've hemmed and hawed about it if if ej is is healthy and back to the player that he was before last year i think we'll see the return of the ej sam pairing yeah but Honestly, it's probably starting with turn and burn, Makar and Gerard. I think you just do it, I, especially if EJ misses a significant amount of camp, which it sounds like he might. You just throw him out there and say, go score a million goals. After that, you, you just kind of run with it. If EJ's healthy enough to play, but not 100%, you can throw out a Zadorov ej Perry, right. And then your bottom pair is just going to be total wild card or if you want to put Zadorov with the Byram on the bottom pair you can throw a a Rosen or a Kanaten next to EJ in the middle and and hope for the best but it's gonna be a little wild as things shake out at the start of the year without Cole question marks around EJ potentially two defensemen that have basically zero NHL games in the lineup right yeah yeah, for sure. Uh, you get me so excited with the turn and burn. I mean, and like, yeah. <laughs> honestly, this might work out for the best that there's some injuries that allow Bender to mix and match things and figure things out, and you know, give some give some guys a little more play and try some different pairings and and see what sticks early in the season, and then go from there and adjust. You know, but. Uh, I mean, when the future is knocking at your door and it's uh, it's made up of two extremely exciting, just toolsy, fast guys that can that can turn teams on their heads like that. I mean, why not? Just right. embrace it. Let's do this, man. It's absolutely an opportunity to gain a bunch of knowledge as well, not just the turn and burn, but with those deeper guys. Yeah, exactly. You don't have a choice but to play them now, and and you figure out what they are. Maybe they're solid. You keep playing them, and all of a sudden Ian Cole's out of a job, or maybe they can't hack it. You know that, and you can move on. Right. Yeah, it makes for – I mean, it makes for like an exciting – an exciting start of the year and things to watch with that because I'm definitely intrigued by how this uh, how this blue line's going to look uh, when when things really kick off and I mean that depth should really help the organization as a whole should help the the Eagles as well which is uh, enticing and then I mean it just makes it that much harder for the young guys like uh, Timmins and Byram to work their way up and you know they're legit if they do manage to work their way up. Or, I mean, read the fine print, and uh, it actually means we're in trouble and things are not working out as (laughs) well. Yeah, We're not going to consider that scenario. So my biggest question with the D coming into this season is how they're going to shape the PK. I think the PP is very easy. You put 
Gerard yep. on one, you put Makar on the other, you're done, and, and you live with that forever. Yep. On the PK, yes, you'll have EJ. You'll probably have Zadorov there. Yeah. And then with Cole out till December, you have to make some decisions. I've said lean on Sam Gerard. You can make him a number one, or at least the interim number one defenseman this season, mm. where you play him in all situations. I think yeah. his defense is solid enough to PK. But mm-hmm. even then, that's only three. You're still looking at throwing out a, a Connaughton or a Rosen or someone else on right. one of those PK pairings, and it's going to be a little rocky, I expect. Right, because as you highlighted to start this off, Rosen's the one who has the experience, yeah. but no NHL experience. Connaughton's the one who has the NHL experience, but no PK experience. So. Right. Yeah. Flip a coin and hope it lands on heads, <laughs> right. I guess. <laughs> right. Ooh. Yeah, that will be interesting. Ooh. And I mean, if we only had a little more experience in goal, too, you know. Yeah, right. Uh, and, and at the end of the day, your best PKer is your goalie, straight up. It, they're going to need to bail out uh, this defense at times. And... You know, maybe when we get Cole back in December, if if he's healthy enough, we'll see. Double mm-hmm. hip surgery is is no laughing matter, but that can help solidify the PK a little bit, and then you go from there. Things even out a little bit. You're feeling a little better, but it's still going to be a question mark of how consistent can you be when you're relying on new younger defensemen in these big important roles right absolutely and i mean i like your idea of putting gerard in that role and seeing seeing what he can do yeah um, i agree that the defense is solid enough but you know needs needs to keep growing and i mean who knows maybe mccarr gets thrust in that kind of role sooner rather than later i mean i know that's not his mo but he is he is bigger he's shown that upside he's grown every year since I remember, you know, studying up on him back in the AJHL, I mean, the growth he's taken has really been, I mean, crazy certainly. Uh, in, in, in certain things. So, I mean, there's there's no reason to doubt, doubt him now. Uh, so I think he can be that other kind of X factor in helping out with that. I mean, what do you even project the minutes to be with... Uh, with Makar and Gerard early on? Gerard, I think, will play 20-plus easy. I, no doubt about wow. it. They're going to just run him into the ground as long as he can take it. Makar, it's going to depend. I, I think they'll give him all the PP time in the world. I think they want to play him at 5-on-5 five five a lot, but it's going to be a little bit sheltered at least. They'll try and get him offensive zone starts. They'll try and get him matchups where he's not defending some of the top players in the league. But they want to play him a lot, and he, yeah. every step he takes will earn him more playing time. I suspect in their first year, really his first full regular season year, that they'll probably try to keep him away from the PK, but right. if they want to try him out on and it looks good, I certainly am not going to complain. Yeah, I mean, that'd be that'd be really nice. Things would work yeah. out nicely if that's the case. Yeah. 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 So, it's... And, and really, I think 
I want to emphasize the point that a lot of weight is going to be on Gerard's shoulders with that defense this year. It, hopefully EJ gets back and healthy and, and can take some of the load that he's used to taking. But until Makar is the man, Gerard is the man. And he's going to have to do it all for this defense every single night or they're going to be missing a big piece. Yeah, I think that's really a great point. Um, and I mean, it's it's going to be exciting, but it's going to be some sink or swim type moments for those yes. uh, those young guns that we are uh, we're really really putting a lot of hopes and dreams onto, uh, for sure. Absolutely, it's hopefully they swim more than they sink. They'll sink occasionally, I'm sure, but there's always the next opportunity, and they can figure it out. Just hope they do. Right. Absolutely. And I mean, in a sense, it's a big it's a big year for Zadorov too, who I think is. We've, we've barely mentioned in this whole conversation. Yeah. But I think a lot of Avs world, including the organization, still has uh, high hopes. And I mean, he's shown it in flashes. Yep. Uh, he can just be incredibly inconsistent and uh He'll let you down when you least expect it, and he'll really raise his game when you least expect it. So if he could kind of plateau out a bit, uh, that would be that'd be just great, you know. Um, yeah, <laughs> definitely another player you would like to see the consistency out of. It's yeah. he's a player that when he first was acquired and and started playing in the NHL for the team, you wanted to be a top four defenseman for you. Yeah. This is probably the last year he has an opportunity to actually earn a spot like that. He needs to be more consistent defensively. He needs yep. to be more consistent with his offensive production mm-hmm. as well. If if he kind of gets caught in the middle where he's making those mistakes defensively, he's not getting as involved offensively, he's going to settle into a bottom-pairing role, and that's fine. He's a solid bottom-pairing defenseman that brings something unique to the Avs. He's just not going to be the player that everyone was hoping he would be. Right. And you're looking at the contract he's on now, a one-year, $3 million deal that's basically says, prove it right now, or we're going to have to think about doing something. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, I think he's he's definitely one of my favorite guys, but everything you said is 100% true. Like, has to figure it out. It's a now-or-never type moment, and it's really going to be one of his last shots to be in a top two pairing uh, if he does falter next year. So a lot, a lot is uh, counting on his shoulders. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's exciting, but there are some question marks for sure. Yeah. Where we don't have question marks is on uh, bsndenver.com and bsndenvermerch.com where you can find some outstanding uh t-shirts and avs gear i know you've been enjoying some of your new avs gear lately uh yeah i saw in your last video on martin Cout, which i want to talk about more in the next segment you were rocking the classic bsn avs which remains one of my favorites uh though i must say i'm a i'm a little partial to the groob uh that one's a great one and uh i must say they they barely lost any games when i was rocking that uh during there the playoff go. run and uh then you you know the the 16-bit mckinnon is a, a true classic as well i love the blue on that i love having uh 
you know, McKinnon's number 92. And, and there are other great shirts that you'll find on the merch shop, including the Kale McCarr, which I guess that's another of my favorite ones. I, I, I truly do love all the Avs t-shirts. And that includes the guts all over the place. I haven't forgot that. So check out bsndenvermerch.com. If you subscribe to BSN Denver uh, here in the in the next few days, we're running some great sales for you uh, through our college coverage or Broncos coverage. But wink, wink, even if you're just interested in Avs coverage, you can use those promo codes like Broncos Camp or SCOBUFFS, S-K-O-B-U-F-F-S, or Go Rams, and you'll get... Um, You'll get a big discount on the yearly subscription and you'll get a free t-shirt that comes with that. And, you know, with our yearly subscription, you get all of AJ's great content. Um, Rudo's doing some film stuff for us, which is awesome. We've got some other people that have been contributing in Avs world, like uh, our star intern, Luke Marshall, who's been doing analytics pieces. He's got one dropping. You would have heard Luke on the pod yesterday. Um, so we've just got lots of exciting stuff in the works right now. Some great content that we did this offseason and just the sky's the limit with what's what's coming here in the season. Um, so definitely subscribe to BSN Denver. Definitely subscribe to uh, or go check out bsndenvermerch.com and uh, you know just help out the pod and help out all the great work that our team is doing there. Um, I couldn't be prouder of all the work that you guys are doing. So, um, And we're going to talk about some of the work that you've done on the site, Rudo, which I'm very excited about on the next segment. But first, I want to tell you about The Green Solution, which has 17 Colorado locations and an express checkout to get you in and out as fast as possible. Get your phone, get on your phone right now. Go to their website, mygreensolution.com. Order your flour, concentrates, edibles, and topicals online and head to the closest green solution for pickup. Use code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase. Don't miss out on that deal. BSN Avalanche Podcast, Andre Simone and Nathan Rudo. We will be right back. And we are back, BSN Avalanche Podcast. I am Andre Simone. You might remember me from some of the draft podcasts we have done in years past. No AJ Hayfley, but here with the man, the myth, the legend, Nathan Rudolph. How are you doing, man? Well, I'm at least one of those things. I don't know about the other two. <laughs> so you're confirming you're a man. Yeah. We've got that. That's all We've we got, got so far. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay, I'll, I'll take it. But I know... Uh, Slowly but surely, working your way into that uh, myth and legend status. So uh, I like it. I know I've been enjoying all the all the stuff you've been doing for us. I'm uh, super super amped to have you on and doing all this stuff. So, and I'm glad we finally get to do a pod together. And um, I I vow to everyone involved with BSN, I will not leave the country this time <laughs> when the NHL draft comes around. So. Whether I'm invited or not, I will, I will, I will find my way onto some draft podcasts because I, I, I really love that. Um, the NHL drafts just one of my favorite things. I love scouting these guys. There's a, there's a, an odd like joy to scouting the unknown because that's not as much of what I do on my day to day duties at BSN as scout NHL prospects, but um. 
I, I love jumping in and, and doing all that stuff. And speaking of prospects, you just dropped a video, your first video for BSN, which um, I really enjoyed on Martin Kaut, the first rounder from 2018. Uh, Czech sniper who um, I'm quite excited about for his uh, goal scoring prowess. And that's kind of, you know, we've talked about with, this was kind of a, a depth slash projection podcast topic that we tried to hit. And um, I just want to hear your thoughts on count for who's missed the video, who is unwisely not subscribing <laughs> to BFM. Yeah. So the big thing with count is I believe he's ready. I don't think he'll make the team out of camp again. It's just a numbers thing, but I yeah. absolutely think he will make the abs during the season. And I think you're going to have a real hard time sending him down once he gets in the lineup and starts doing what he can do. I think his shot is still underrated by a lot of people. He has a very, very good release. It's almost deceptive because he gets the puck away so quickly, not only in his shooting, but his passing as well. So I expect to see a lot more of that this season with the full off season to actually get healthy train and come conditioned for a hockey season this, this coming year. I think he's going to dominate in the AHL. I think he has the skill set to do that. If he can do that, I don't think there's any doubt you'll see him in the NHL. He has tools to work well, particularly I think in the abs middle six, We'll see Mm -hmm. how things start to gel once he gets into the NHL and go from there. But if he can put it all together, then the abs have another nice piece. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited for him. And I mean, I liked how you highlighted his, uh, his all around game, but that shot as well. And, uh, the fact that he needs to fill out a little bit more, but he's got, he's got that physical upside to do that as well. Um, where, who would you see him pairing up with best? It's going to be interesting. In a perfect world, I'd love to see him next to Kadri. You have Kadri driving a line. You have Martin Kaut being mm. the guy that gets in, does the dirty work, digs pucks out, and, and keeps the play going. And then you put whoever, a puck shooter or a, someone to set up Kadri on the other wing, whether it, it be Burakovsky or Donskoy, either one. Yeah. And you just run with that. That's not how things are going to start. That's would be the ultimate ending point, I think, if if we get the most we can out of Kout or if the Avs find a way to, to make that work. The reality is when he gets called up, he's probably even going to start on the fourth line, be very sheltered, right. get some time with probably Belmar and in someone's hurt. So someone will be missing, but throw one of Nieto or Calvert on the other wings just have a grinder line that's very strong possessionally can wear teams out, force them back into their own zone and, and control pucks. That's where I think he's going to get his start in the NHL. And I think that's actually one of his stronger skills in the AHL last year, extremely good at keeping plays going by digging out pucks and, and getting them back to teammates. Right. Right. Yeah. He's a, uh... He's an interesting one. I think um, maybe not the super highest ceiling right. as you'd expect from kind of a mid first rounder, but definitely a guy who could be a solid contributor for many years to come in, you know, even a, as a second line winger, I think he could really make it work. Um, 
ETA, what are you thinking? Yes. We'll see if he ever does reach the second line wing spot. I'm certainly not really yeah. expecting him out of a couple stints, maybe this not season, next season. Right. Right. You would want him to be an NHL regular by the end of this year, unless things are a little bit off track. Certainly not this coming camp, but the 2020, 2021 season, you would want him to be pushing for an opening night roster spot, if not locking one in. It's yeah. it's a first round pick. Two years is pretty much as long as you want to wait on any first round pick. Yep, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, then you start to have some concerns uh similar to how I'm I'm starting to worry about Shane Bowers a little bit, who would be in year three as well, right? Yeah, I you know I'm not super worried about Bowers. He was a very late first, so there is that yeah. to account for. Good point. He, It's tough because it is possible that he gets into games this year. Cowd is not a yeah. center. Shane Bowers is. The Avs would need right. significant injuries. There's Kamenev ahead of him uh, as the likely 13th forward on the Avs this season. So you're looking at Bowers as more of a depth injury call-up option, but if he has a solid year in the AHL, he could certainly be that, and he's another guy. Timeline's probably a bit longer than Kaut, but yeah, he could get NHL games this year, and while maybe not stick the following, you certainly want him to see some regular NHL time. He's another guy that has a very well-rounded game. He's an easy player to plug and play in your bottom six, so those type right. of players really aren't that hard to get into the NHL, at least for some test games and things like that. So that's what I would hope for out of him. Right. Yeah. The fit, the fit is just natural in a bottom six for sure. Yeah. And then you have Kam- Kamenev as well. I mean, we'll talk about your projections in a second for the, for the lines on, on a, when the puck finally drops. Yeah. But I mean, to, to have three of those guys, those three guys kind of waiting to get their time is exciting. If you ask me and then, I mean, the, the depth is just so intriguing on the forward group right now. Right. And I think, you know, maybe outside of Kadri, there wasn't that super splash signing that we we dreamed of uh, as the season was winding down and we were getting ready for the offseason. But you look around at the options at forward when this team was in desperate need of, uh, you know, secondary scoring, all of a sudden just top to bottom you feel a lot better and you've got these guys just waiting to come up and we haven't even touched on guys like alex newhook who are at least uh, another year away or, or two years away um yeah the, the way that sakic and upper management has managed to uh to fix that depth that forward i think has me uh has me very encouraged that's for sure yeah it's it was kind of a funny off season i guess well mm-hmm. while you were in italy for the draft and and the avs moved into free agency it's they made a bunch of moves and and like you said a lot of people were sitting around going like okay they added some things but right. we're, we're still missing a key piece and then they finally get that cadre deal done and it's like all right you drop that in and all of a sudden all these other pieces start to fall into place. All of a sudden the depth goes from questionable to solid with upside. And yeah. you're looking at how much you can get out of guys now instead of how much you need out of them. 
Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So how how are you projecting the the top line? Do you keep the uh, do you keep the three headed monster together, or do you split them up? Uh, ultimately, I think you end up splitting them up. But to start the season, you just keep them together. I, they're just that good. It, if you want something to fall back on, you can start with that. Once you get into the season and, and some of those question marks, whoever proves to be playing above their level that they're above their base floor, I guess, whatever you want to call it, then you can start considering, can we move this guy up to the top line and maybe move a Ranton or a Landeskog off of it? But right. to start, why mess with a bad or why mess with a good thing to start? <laughs> yeah, completely agree. I mean, I'm of the idea to just, always keep them together and make make it just a nightmare for um opposing lines but i can see the advantage in splitting them up from time to time uh, and then with Kadri as the second line center who are you pairing next to him it's i know you guys talked about burakovsky yesterday and it feels like uh yeah he's the he's the one that's going to get the longest shot on the second line, I think next to Kadri, they need him to produce. He's the right. one guy that it's not just about upside. It's someone they're really expecting to take another step. So I expect him to get as much opportunity on that second line wing as much as possible. Right. A lot of people have talked about Jost on that second line as well. I think that's something that will happen. The abs really like him. They want to see him take that next step as well. Yeah. May well start out that way. Personally, I want to see Donskoy on that second line mm. as well. I think he's a more well-rounded player. I think yeah. he can be a, faci- a facilitator for a guy like Burakovsky. Again, that sixth spot in the top six is really the one that's completely up for grabs. Yeah. You can kind of just put whoever's the hot hand in that spot on any given night. So right. we'll certainly see some fluidity there. But I lean towards Donskoy if it were me. Interesting. Thing. I like that. Um, though I must say, I'm a little partial to Colin Wilson. I think uh, I think he should have some outside consideration for that sixth spot. But interesting, right there. And then all of a sudden, the third line looks so much better than it did a year ago. Yeah, it's it's a whole different world when JT confers your three C. Which for me, that's the the role you want him to be in, ideally. I right. think that's where he fits the best given his play style and his game. Yeah. Next to that, you have either Donskoy or Jost, whichever one you you want to toss there. Right. And then on the other side, I'm again, another spot I'm sure you'll see a rotating cast of guys, yep. whether it's Nieto, Calvert, Wilson, whoever you want to throw there, and whoever's not in the top six will just kind of rotate through that spot. Right. Right with what Wilson being the most likely probably to start the year. Yeah. I would assume Wilson is on that third line to start the year. Just given the, the offensive ability is, is the highest with him compared to the other guys they have at wing there. Right. Right. Definitely. Um, and then, I mean, to close it out, what's, uh, what's yeah. your so opening day fourth line, fourth line, Nieto Calvert, uh, centered by Belmar. Yeah. It's, Belmar's very, very locked into that 4C position yep. and will be the PKer for the Avs. That they, they really lean on Nieto as well. Uh, so you get them together, and and that's what you're looking at. I I would love to fit Kamenev into this lineup as a oh, starter, no. but 
it's it, I we won't go too deep into why I didn't love the Belmar signing because of that, but mm. it is what it is. Belmar will be good at that job. It's it's nothing against him. I'm sure he will be a valuable piece for the Avs, and it's a solid fourth line from top to bottom. You look at all of these lines, you say, okay, maybe there's some question marks about that second line, but other than that. It's right. very, very solid. Right. And as solid a fourth line as they've had this decade, is that is that excessive or is that fair? No, I think that's that's pretty fair. You have two Nieto scored what, twenty three points last year and Calvert right. scored twenty five. So right. you have two twenty point scorers on your fourth line. That's unheard of for the abs. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean a veteran group who's gonna be reliable and do the dirty work for you, which yeah, and has me excited. And absolutely, Bednar will lean on that line. He won't be afraid to throw it out with two minutes left in a one goal game. Yeah, definitely. Right. And it might be one of those fourth lines where, like, it's the fourth line, but they're getting almost as many minutes right. off that third line, you know? And it's really a 3A, 3B <laughs> right. kind yeah. of scenario for sure. <laughs> 100%. Where sometimes it's almost the third line because right. they're being relied on so much, especially early on. Yeah. Um, as coaches will to just lean on the veterans, you know, I get it. And then what are we thinking power play wise? That's where it really starts to get fun. Yeah, that's we talked about this a little bit with Luke yesterday, mm-hmm. and he liked Comfer on that top unit. I say no, just do it. Drop the big three and throw Kadri with them and go ham. Ooh, ooh, I like that. Okay, okay. Um, and then, like I said in the the defenseman section, I think Makar and Gerard are pretty switchable. Yep. Whichever one you can put on the first, whichever one you can put on the second unit, I think that's fine. The second unit, uh, you would really like to build it around Burakovsky's shooting ability, yeah. try to feed him pucks and get him scoring. Yeah, You'd like Tyson Jost to step up and, and play a more important role on that unit. You'd like okay. to get JT Comfer on it and probably Colin Wilson as as the fourth guy who, who does his thing down low in front, tipping right. pucks, things like that. Right, and he, Wilson was solid last year on the the power play. So, I mean, why not keep him with those young guys who you're kind of dreaming on? Yeah. Um, boy, that top unit, though, oof, that's exciting. Yeah, I, I could watch that top unit all day <laughs> as long as they're moving their feet. Right, yep. Yeah. Don't, uh... <laughs> but uh, that's a topic for another podcast, I'm sure. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, pencil that one in for... Uh... <laughs> For some other time as we as we get through August, yeah, um, yeah, boy. I mean, in the this depth pod, that forward depth has me very excited. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's the deepest it's been in, boy, since I can pretty much remember as as far as post Cup era. Right, right. Because even when, you know, the, the Stasneys and the O'Reillys and the Dushins were here, it might have been more top heavy than what yeah. they have now, but the depth didn't feel as right. encouraging as this depth is. They've they've had multiple cores that they've gone through, but look, Cody McLeod was a solid NHL fourth yeah. liner. Right. Good player in his prime nowhere near as quality offensively as Matt Nieto and Matt Calvert. It's just right. a fact. Right. Yep. <laughs> and then, I mean, you have, if guys like Comfer and Yost and 
Burakovsky and Donskoy kind of take those next steps as yeah. it, I mean, like, if you get even two of them, them. Right. Yeah. Yeah, then it, really watch out. Right, exactly. Like we're we're done playing. Things just got real. Yeah. Mm. Yep. It, and then you try to put it all together at the same time, which if you know how to do that and get your goalies going and then your defense plays solid, well, then you win a cup. So Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Which uh hey, you never know. Yeah. Okay, well, that got me excited. Uh, you got any <laughs> any final notes, Rudo, before we tap out? I always oscillate back and forth. I want to believe the hype, but I also yeah. want to temper my expectations at the same time because yeah. you just never know. With that said, the Avs should be a playoff team with this roster on paper. Mm-hmm. They absolutely should be. Yeah, assuming uh, goalies don't fall apart completely and, um, you know, Gerard and Makar don't have like a complete downfall with, right, this added responsibility, Um, which, hey, nothing's impossible, but uh, yeah. (laughs) Right. Uh, The the goalie seems more likely than Gerard and Makar regressing. Yeah, I would Um, say certainly more. (laughs) You know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. If we're we're hedging our bets here, uh, but no, uh, lots to be encouraged with for sure. Um, I'll be on it some other time this week, and uh, you keep up the great work, and you guys stay tuned for the BSN Avalanche podcast. It was my pleasure to come back on today, and thank you, Rudo, for having me and answering all my questions. Turns out you did have answers for me, so I, I appreciate it got away with it this time oh, thanks yeah. for coming on I, I appreciate you filling in at any time if you want to talk prospects you're more than welcome i always look forward to that you bet you bet yes the the sickness does need to be uh, rewarded once in a while so <laughs> yeah. we'll be sure to do that all right man thank you guys for listening and we will catch you tomorrow You know, if you haven't checked out What Chaos yet, you oughta, because we've had all your favorite players on the show. I'm talking Seth Jones, Lena Solmar, Connor Bedard, whoever it may be. We're live every day on YouTube at noon Eastern, but also available on all podcast platforms, including the one you're listening to right now. We got guests, and yeah, we're also doing a bit of chit-chat, goofing around, laughing at what makes us laugh in hockey. So regardless of how deep you are into your hockey fandom... Come listen to What Chaos. We'll talk about your favorite team. We'll talk about your least favorite team and everybody in between. And we're having a ton of fun doing it every single day, Monday through Thursday. It's What Chaos, presented by All City Network.